right, all right. Praise God. This is Yes and Amen Youth Church with Pastor Derek Fletcher. Derek Fletcher and Yanni Fletcher, we want to take this time to welcome you to our broadcast. And so we've been talking about the Gospel of Luke, and this is lesson number five. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have Derek Fletcher pray at this moment. Father God, we thank you on today for keeping us safe. Thank you for giving us a roof over our heads. And thank you for blessing these children who have come into our video to, on today for the word of grace, Father God. Father God, thank you for waking us up on another glorified day of your word and your creation. Father God, we thank you for food on our table, clothes on our backs, shoes on our feet. And thank you for giving us homes to sleep in and a family to cherish. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Like we've Amen. been sharing, Luke is a physician. And his uh, viewpoint and perspective on the Gospels is unique and different compared to the other synonymous Gospels, you know. <laughs> John, uh, Matthew, and Mark. So his his perspective is different because he's a physician. And so there's specific things that he takes note of that the other Gospels don't necessarily take note of. And so today we will share about uh, understanding uh, the Gospel of Luke and then unique narratives and details referencing uh what Lou shares, and then also to inspire, inspire you, students, uh, to follow Jesus. So, key words to kind of pay attention to. Knowing Jesus. How do we know Jesus? Uh, prejudice. What is it? How is it? And then truth. What's the truth? And so here we'll have a memory verse of Luke 9, 47 through 48. It says, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little boy and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little ch child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me for it is it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest all right luke 9 47 through 48 so jesus knowing their thoughts took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me and whoever welcomes me also, whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me for it is the one who is least among you. Oh, who is the greatest? Any questions on that? Let's read it again. And then we'll do the memory citation. Luke 9, 47 through 48. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. And then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me also, whoever welcomes me, welcomes 
the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. All right, are you ready? Everybody on mute. Luke 9, 47 through 48. Luke 9, 47 through 48. Jesus knowing their thoughts. Jesus, knowing, Jesus that knowing that thought, took a child and had him stand beside him. Took a, took child, a and child and him stand beside him. Stand behind, beside. Took a little child and had him stand beside him. Took a little took child, a little child and, child and him stand beside, beside him. him. Then he said to them, Then, then he, he said, said to them, to them Whoever welcomes this little child in my name, whoever welcomes whoever this welcomes little child, child in my name, welcomes me. Welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me. Welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you. For it is the one who is least among you. All who is the greatest. All who is the greatest. Okay. We'll, we'll freeze frame this really quick. Right, let's get started. So sometimes things are funny because we don't expect them. They take us by surprise. Today we're going to talk about some expectations people had of Jesus. But he didn't always live up to those expectations. And for us in our lives, he may not, he may not live up to our expectations of what he should do. We're reaching the point in Luke where Jesus has reached Jerusalem. He's about to enter the great city and start the, <laughs> the last week of his ministry on earth. Let's pick up in Luke 19. Okay, let's do this really quick. Um, let's try this. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Sixteen and so eleven plus eight equals okay. Okay, so Derek, you're gonna read eleven through nineteen, and Yanni, you're gonna read one. 20 through 27. All right, any questions? While they were listening to this, he wanted, he, sorry, he went, hold on, let me move this. Hold, hold on. So this is Luke 19, 11 through 27. So while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them 
a parable a parable because he was just near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once he said a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return so he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas put this money to work he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we, do, we don't want this man to be our king. He was, he was made king. However, he returned home. Oh, sorry. However, and he returned home. Then he went he sent forth the servant to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, "Sir, your mina has has earned 10 more." "Well done, my good servant," his master replied, "because you because you have been trustworthy." In a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina earned. Sir, your mina has earned five more. Did you already lock it down? Okay. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Did you finish, Derek? Yes. Okay, your turn. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your Mina, I have kept it. I have kept it laid down in the piece and a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied. I will judge you by your own words, you wicked, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest. Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to one who has 10 minas. All right. Hold on. Let's talk about this really quick. So we see where the master gave 10 minas, five minas, and was it one mina? And the one that had the one, he didn't do anything with it. Then he said, I was afraid because I know you're mean. Right? Didn't he say that? So what did he do? He took it from him and he gave it to the one that had 10 because he, he knew that he would take it and multiply it. So your gift and what you have inside of you, being afraid or saying, well, they didn't let me is no excuse. Do you guys hear me? Yes. It's no excuse. But go ahead, Yanni. I just want to kind of mention that. Yanni? Why then didn't you put... Oh, I already read that. Sir, they said he already has 10. 
He replied, I tell you that I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given, but as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of you. Uh oh. Okay, so Amina was about three months worth of wages. Okay. So as Jesus neared Jerusalem, what were the people expecting? What do you think? They are they were expecting the kingdom of God to manifest, right? So here it says here. The people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once, right? So what did this mean to them? What do you think it meant for them? What do you think? It probably changed their perspective change their perspective. What do you think? In which way? A good way. A good way. Okay. Okay, a physical kingdom where Jesus was going to rule and they were going to be, they were going, they, and they were out of, from under the power of the Roman rule. So, so they thought Jesus was going to come and free them from Roman rule. Okay. So what does Jesus do in response to their anticipation? What does he do? Derek? He tells a parable. Okay, he tells a parable. What kind of parable does he tell? Um, uh, I believe it's the one about the um, the minnows. Yeah, you mean the minas? Minas. Did I say minnows? Okay. Yeah. So, what is the parable about? Oh, you already you kind of answered that. Already, so let's see. Okay, all right. So summarize that parable, Cheryl. What do you think? Hmm. Is it about pets or something? Is it about pets? I don't think it's about pets, though. Is I mean, bets. So it's about money and about investment, right? Yeah. Okay. It's about money. And so when we say it's about money, it's really about the increase of your gift and your talent of, of, of what you should do to grow, right? So a minute was around three months worth of income. That means that these servants were entrusted with a couple of years, with a couple of years worth 
of wealth. Jesus point Jesus's point is that to whom much is given, much is going to be required. So if they don't honor the king's investment, there will be consequences. Okay? Yes. You guys got that? If you don't honor what what God has and the gift that is within you, ultimately it's not going to be a good look for you. Okay? What, what do you guys think about that? Sounds pretty interesting. Sounds I'd say interesting. I'd say it's like a uh, life lesson. A life lesson? In a way. You think so? How so? And so, so God wants us to get the very best uh, out of us. Okay, let's go to this next one then. Oh, I'm sorry. Hope that didn't catch you guys. All right, let's do this right here. Well, your mic's a little bit more quieter now. Is it? Okay, so um, Derek, you're going to read 28 through 35, and then Yanni, you're going to read 36 through 44. Okay, you guys got that? You want me to read 35 through what? No. Okay, let me let me show you here. So 26 Derek, 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 28. Through twenty eight through thirty five, thirty five, and then Yanni, he's going to read thirty six through forty four. Any questions? All right. Okay, guys. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem as he as he approached Bethlehem or Beth Bethphage? Beth Page. Beth 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 Page. Beth Page. Beth Page. Beth. Page. Beth Page. Beth Page. Page. Beth Page. Beth Page. As he approached Beth. It's hard to tell what you're saying through your mic. Beth Page. Beth Page. Okay. As he approached Beth Page and Bethany at the hill called the Mountain of Olives, he, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, say the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he, t just ha just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its its owner asked them, "Why are you untying the colt?" They replied, "The Lord needs it." They brought it to Jesus, 
threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. Okay, Yanni. Okay, as, as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the, in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples, I tell you. He replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you even, you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace but now it is hidden from your eyes the day the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and and encircle you and hem you and on every side they will dash you to the ground you and your children within your walls they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God coming to you okay so here Jesus asked them his disciples to go get a coat, a white coat, right? They put cloaks on it, put the cloak on it, and Jesus on it. And then they say, blessed is the king whose name is the Lord. Peace in heaven. Right? And some of the Pharisees in the crowd rebuked, asked Jesus to rebuke, said to Jesus, rebuke your disciples. I will tell you, he replied. He said, if you keep quiet, what do you say? The rocks will cry out. Right? Okay. So what does Jesus do immediately following, uh, immediately following sharing this uh, parable? What does he do? He goes, what he enters into to Jerusalem. And so the key here, Jerusalem for Jesus, it is the place of his birth, okay? All right, that's where that's where he's from, is his hometown. All right, any questions about that? Sorry about that. So how do the people respond to him? The people, or his disciples, sing joyfully. Or praise joyfully. Okay, they do what joyfully? Praise him. Okay, they praise joyfully. Anything else? Well, there's... I mean, the that's pretty much it, but what would you want to share, Derek? Never mind. No, you're going to share. I mean, I share. What what do you want to share, sir? I was gonna say they like sort of celebrated him. Okay, 
Why did you say never mind? Oh, well, because we already. Everybody, well, everybody has the opportunity to share. Okay. So okay. they cried out to him for blessings. They praise him. They attempted to crown him king. But anyway, what were you going to say, Derek? I so, said they celebrated him. Okay. So That's how it. does... Go ahead. Go ahead. Son, were you going to say something? Oh. Okay. Um, how does Jesus respond to the people according to verses 41 through 44? What's Jesus' response? He approached Jerusalem and wept over it. Okay, okay. He cool. said, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle okay. you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground. You and the children within your walls. Okay. So this procession resemble, resembles that of royalty. They're laying down cloaks and much and such to pave the way for Jesus. This is an attempt at inauguration. The Pharisees urge Jesus to quiet the crowd. They don't want they they don't want an insurrection on their hands. Okay. Okay, so, and they'd be out of power when Rome came and set things back up in order. Okay. All right. So, Derek, uh, I'm going to have you read that, that next set of verses. All right. Okay, Jesus in the temple. So read all of that, please. When Jesus entered entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were se selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief, but the chief priest, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it, because all the people hung on his word. Okay, so all the people did what? They hung on whose word? Jesus's. Okay, you think that's good or bad? What do you think? Good that they're hanging on the Jews. Okay, okay, Monson. So, once Jesus is in Jerusalem, what does he do? Um, he goes to the temple courts. Okay, he goes to the temple courts. In subsequent days, how does Jesus spend his time? With the people? 
Okay, Lord. teaching in the temple. Okay, the religious officials are plotting to do what? What are they plotting to do? Kill him. Okay. Okay, what is the condition of the crowd? They love him. Okay. So Jesus enters Jerusalem like a king. This threatens the people, the religious-minded people, it threatens them, and they feel intimidated, right? It says, but then goes to the temple and makes a scene. People are turning uh, uh, the, the sacred space into a place for commerce, right? And he rejects this. Still, people are drawn to him, except for the people who are trying to kill him, and thus the religious people. So how does this all tie together? All right? So, so back to the parable. When you likely don't know, what you likely don't know is that this parable was a span of actual Jewish history. When a man, Archelaus, who succeeded his father, Herod the Great, as tetriarch of, of Judah, Samaria, and Idiom, Idiama, Idiamia, but he traveled to Rome to request the title of king. The Jews sent a delegation to Rome to request that he not be named king because they didn't respect him. All right? And so the twist is Jesus' history and what connects it to the other events is this passage, is that in his parable, the man does return as king. All right, so uh, the connection between the parable and the triumphal entry and the cleansing of the temple is clear. So Jesus, like the king from the generation before, is rejected as king by his own people, okay? But Jesus, unlike the historical king, is the king. Some same, some may not see it or want it, but it's the truth. Some may not see it, but want it. It's the truth. And so Jesus is sharing with them through way of parable who he is. Okay, so let's take a, take some more looks here. And so the people call him, such as they usher him into Jerusalem, but they've got it twisted. He's not the king of kings. They think he is. Okay, so right here, they anticipate that he is the king that will save them from the Roman rule. Okay? And to conquer from the natural. But Jesus came to save them and give them peace spiritually, right? And and the people, the Pharisees, they weren't having that. They weren't excited about that, right? They wanted the Romans to be out and and they they didn't want that. So So even in this passage, even in the last section we read, People are trying to trap and trick Jesus so they could kill him, okay? So this, again, highlights their misunderstanding as if killing him would stop his mission. And it didn't. It didn't, not at all, guys. Matter of fact, it brought more attention to Jesus' mission and to his work, okay? All right, let's go here. So as simply put, as you can make it, what do you think Jesus' mission is, uh, Jesus' mission on the earth was, Yanni? Yanni, Yanni? 
to save, I think his mission was to protect his people. Protect his people? Okay, protect his people. Anything else you can think of? He was he was also the voice for the Lord. Oh, okay. He was the voice of who? Voice for God. Okay, the voice for God. Okay. Anything else? No. no. Nope. All right, let's keep going. Why do you think people who were in and around Jerusalem at the time misunderstood Jesus? Why do you think so? Probably uh, due to him, I don't know, probably just a simple man. Okay, simple man. Anything else? Most likely they would have thought that God would have, like, I don't know, probably sent an angel or something or would have magically done it. Okay, would have magically done it. Okay. See, so they uh, they were desperate for freedom from the oh. Roman hungry for political power. I mean, what you said, what you said wasn't off base, Derek. Okay. Yeah. Um. You 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 gave a really good answer. So, what does Jesus Jesus's response of weeping over Israel? What do you think that means? What does it show? What do you think? Probably how he feels bad for Israel. Okay. Okay, he feels bad for Israel. You, you think that he may have felt that all the work, all the hard work and things that he did may go by the wayside or may be in vain? Maybe. Okay, all, all those things, all those things are possibilities. Okay, 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 let's take a look here. Okay, so he deeply cares uh, that the rebellion of his people brings him sorrow. Okay, so. It is easy to examine this passage and wonder why the people just don't get it. But it is possible we mixed up Jesus' role in our lives as well. Okay, some people some people uh, just want the salvation part, uh, but they don't want the part where he called them to do a work, okay? And so what is your expectation, Yanni and Derek, about who Jesus is, who you believe Jesus is? I just expect him to be the son of God. That's it. Okay. The rest speaks for itself. Okay, Yanni, what do you think? Jesus is the Son of God, the person who saved us from our sins. He okay. died for us. Okay, so how are your expectations similar to people who want Jesus to be an earthly king? So, so your expectations. Let's take a look. So chances are 
many of our expectations are selfish and based on our own desires, not who Jesus actually is. Um, I, I didn't hear that from any of you guys, selfishness and, and your own desire. And so that's good. So so you guys are, are awesome and outstanding, okay? All right, so... Uh, <laughs> In the parable, Jesus is represented by is represented by or as a king who is misunderstood. Oh, okay. In the parable, Jesus is represented as a king who is misunderstood and uh misunderstood and underestimated. How is Jesus actually actually is so much bigger than our expectations. So how is who Jesus actually is so much bigger than our expectations? What do you think? What do you guys think? What do you guys think? I think that Jesus is much bigger than our expectations because okay. he does a lot more. He might not have said it all, but he has done a lot more. Okay, he's done a lot more. Okay. And so not only is he Savior and he's Lord, but he has given us a great inheritance. Okay. All right. So... I think that's that's everything right here. We'll just freeze it right here so the people that's watching they can kind of take a look at it. So so Jesus enters the city triumphantly and and the people shout out and in another gospel they say Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. Here Luke didn't necessarily record that aspect of it other than he showed that the people were happy and but the one comment that was made was hey teacher make your people be quiet and jesus says hey <laughs> if i if i make them be quiet the rocks are going to cry out and so in our own lives in our own experience good times and the bad time, Jesus is a constant reminder of our inheritance, the fact that we are victorious. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, making mention of us. So we are in victory. The Bible says that, that because his name, because he's seated at the right hand of the Father, we, we're seated also, and our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so the name, <laughs> the name of Jesus is highly lifted up, or highly exalted, okay? All right, sorry about that. I know I'm coughing like crazy. Okay, I'm going to pray, and, and we'll close out. Father, we thank you for this time and this opportunity. We thank you because your word is so awesome. We thank you. Because, Father, you have covered us, you have protected us, you, has, you have kept us from the hand of the enemy. Our birthright literally is in you. Uh, you're, you're just not Savior, but you're Lord. And because you are, you, you have given us power to do great things. You have released us 
from the bound of the earth system, the world system. And so we are kingdom citizens called by you. And so we thank you for this lesson. We thank you for today. We thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy. And we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We want to take this time to say thank you uh, for tuning in. And, and it's such a blessing to for you to be a part of what we're doing. And this is Pastor Derek Fletcher with Derek Fletcher and Yanni Fletcher. God bless you and we love you. And this is just an amen. All right. Be blessed, guys. <laughs>